Hello, this is Angelique with the Gaston County Public Library, and I'm back with Kendall and Andrew for another episode of We're Booked Up, wherein we share our opinions about books. In this episode, we're talking about All Systems Red, the first book in the Murderbot Diary series by Martha Wells. We might delve a little into the second book, Artificial Condition, as well. I'm going to go ahead and warn for spoilers for both, even though they were released over two years ago. You never know, maybe someone found our little podcast looking for more info on the series before they read it. But first, what else have we been reading, if anything, or watching? Andrew? Oh, okay. Um, well, I'm, I'm reading Where the Crawdads Sing, which I keep calling Where the Crawdads Float, because I, I don't know why. Um, I only like 30 pages in. It's for book clubs. So I, I am interested because I know people, it's, it's one of those people either think it's the greatest book ever written, or they're like Kendall, and they don't think that at all. So, yeah, I've heard very mixed. But then, like, Emily today, was, or yesterday, was, oh, I love that book. So it's just, it, that's how I feel. It's, so I, I'm interested in it. And then uh, this week, I, I recently rewatched. I watched it in May when it first came out, but there was it was May's crazy because it's right around Emmy season. So there's all these different shows, and you're trying to binge watch. I, I rewatched Mayor of Easttown. It is stunning. It is so good. I, I loved. I liked it better than that Queen's Gambit, which was good, but I really thought this one was better. Um, and it's one of those where. You know, it's a murder mystery and all that kind of stuff. You know how True Detective just never nailed it, even with all the gross great actors. They just, it just, none of them really nailed it. I think it's because, I don't know, they tried too much plot. And this one, there's a lot of plot, but there's also a lot of characters. And that's what I like about it. Like, because you're in the small town, she's called Lady Hawk because 30 years ago she won like the middle, like the high school basketball championship or whatever. And she, so she's like really famous in this town. Everyone knows her. Everyone, everyone wants to be near her or, or not be near her. Everyone wants her help because she's like the <laughs> investigator, but she's got her own issues. And it's just Kate Winslet, Jean Smart. Uh, it's just such a good cat. Julian Nicholson's really, really good. And um, I'm not the biggest. I don't like like boo scares and stuff. There were some like chilling moments in this, but a lot of it's just the characters interacting and building the characterizations and kind of and the plot's a part of it. But it's not. I don't know. I, it was really, really good. We have it here at the library. I recommend it. It was a lot of fun. Good times. Good times. Yeah. Kendall. Um, so I started, I started a handful of books that I did not follow through on yet. <laughs> um, my kids were sick. So honestly, when my kids go sick, I just need to rest. And I think the most reading I did were the episode, um, descriptions for the X-Files because I started watching that series. Um, but I did start, um... The Sun is Also a Star by Nicola Yoon. A couple months ago, I read Frankly in Love by David Yoon. I don't know why I didn't know the two of them are married. <laughs> and The Sun is Also a Star has always been on my to-read list. And reading Frankly in Love, which I did love, made me remember that. And then I read the second in the series of the Murderbot Diaries. So I read, I keep calling it air conditioning. What's it called? <laughs> Artificial condition. Artificial. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, Artificial right. condition. Sorry. And I don't, yeah, I'm so sorry. Anyway, so, um, and I feel like I should talk about that more later. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I've just been listening to the Murderbot series because like, when we want, I've already read the books and we decided to do this for, um, for the podcast, I decided to reread them. So I started with All Systems Red, and I was just going to stop there. But then I just kept going. I kept downloading the um, audiobooks, and I've been listening to those. They're pretty good. They're by they're read by Kevin R. Free. Um, and that's, what have I been watching? 
Not much. Probably YouTube mostly. <laughs> <laughs> just put YouTube on and then read something random on the internet. That seems to be my thing. It took me like six weeks to watch like an eight part miniseries because I kept falling asleep. So I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Sometimes you just, and as good as it is, it's like, if, if you have to think too much, sometimes I'm like, I don't want to think. I don't want to think. I just want to watch something mindless or, or read something mindless. And so when you actually have to sit down, I'm like, okay, I got to pause because I, I kept having to like rewind because I kept missing things. I'm like, wait, what? She's dead now, too? I don't understand. Oh, let me go back. Oh, there it is. So She's I, dead I, now, <laughs> too. It must be something about this time of year that everyone's just kind of like, maybe it's the season's changing. Yeah. Finally. It's so nice. excited. It's finally yeah. nice outside. It's getting nice and cool out. Love I like it. it. Leaves are changing. It's very pretty here at the library. The, the the we have really the trees really turn nice different colors. There's one out front that's like this reddish orange. I was like, I looked at it today. I was like, dang, that looks that's actually very fallish. So not only should you come to the library because we're awesome, you should. It's like a sightseeing for leafers. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they're called? Leafers. Leafers. Yeah. <laughs> there are people who like because like when we were in Maine in the end of September, of course, it's a lot cooler up there, and you could start to see like just a little bit of it. And one of the folks at one of the grocery stores is like, oh, in about three weeks, the leafers come. So there are people who literally will will go like travel up to to some of these you know New England states just to watch like the leaves turning and stuff. So I think a lot of people drive the Blue Ridge Parkway to do that too. And there's a, a Colorado they do like paras parasailing or whatever, or they where they go down the mountain. You can see all that. I saw it on CBS Sunday morning, but yeah, it's like they a do thing. that over the trees. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, the leafers, sense. but you don't even have to. You just come to the library, and you can see all the cool leaves. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of windows. <laughs> okay, you don't have to look at it from the. In- I'm just saying, never mind. But it's cold outside. <laughs> it's not cold Bring outside. Bring a jacket. Leafers <laughs> like the cold. If you're a hardcore leafer, <laughs> you're not gonna be like. You're fine. You'll make it work. All right. What about the book? Let's let's dive in, y'all. All right. <laughs> so I'm just gonna read the description on the back of the book to give readers who haven't read it a chance to know what it's about. In a corporate-dominated spacefaring future, planetary missions must be approved and supplied by the company. Exploratory teams are accompanied by company-supplied security androids for their own safety. But in a society where contracts are awarded to the lowest bidder, safety isn't a primary concern. On a distant planet, a team of scientists are conducting surface tests, shadowed by their company-supplied droid, a self-aware SEC unit that has hacked its own governor module and refers to itself, though never out loud, as Murderbot. Scornful of humans, all it really wants is to be left alone long enough to figure out who it is. But when a neighboring mission goes dark, it's up to the scientists and their murder bot to get to the truth. Mm-hmm. So, it's actually a very popular series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I rate it five stars because I can overlook all the annoying things about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, despite its shortcomings, just because I enjoy it so much because I like the characters. I'm a very character-driven reader. Um, and the average rating on Goodre- Goodreads is like 4.16 stars of over 100,000 reviews. Wow. That's and nice. for Artificial Condition, it's 4.27 out of 64,000 views. And just for reference, The Noise only has like 3 point something. So. And that is high. And they only have like, it only has like 4,000 reviews. It is newer, still, though, I will say, because yeah. this one's been out for a while. You've also read the whole, the whole series, yes, too. Yes, I have. So I feel like that's something... I, I am interested in if I ever have, have time to do. I am interested in like completing it because I do think that that it was like a. It, it, I think that that would help with it. I, I liked it. It wasn't that, but I just I think that, that would help is to keep that story going and see what happens next. So in air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
So we're doing ratings? Yes, we'll do ratings. Okay. We'll start with Kendall this Go time. Four stars. All right. I would I would do three point five. Three point five. I like yeah. That's solid from you. Yeah, I, I don't I don't give more than four in most cases. So that that three point five is like, yeah, we're rocking. So yeah, I I liked it. So Angelique, as the book itself and not a part of the entire series, how would you rate this one? Um, the first one. The first one. Probably like four and a half, maybe. Yeah. But like as part of the whole series, it's a five. I because can. Because it kind of you need to read the first one to get to the next one right right after reading two of them now i can see how the whole series is building to be something great yeah so that is very exciting we were just talking about before we were started recording we're talking about game of thrones that first book is kind of slow have you read it yeah i have not read it. It, it's actually kind of slow in the first season's kind of slow but it's it's because it's building Mm -hmm. and then and then it takes off so i kind of feel like this is the same way although it had a lot of action in it so yeah i would not have characterized this as slow no no not slow but just that like it definitely was a a small piece of a bigger story like it was just Mm -hmm. it's its goal was to launch it but you if you really like this you really need to to keep going with it forge so, ahead forge ahead to air conditioning although i will say even if there had been no follow-up books i would still like this book very yeah, much yeah yeah it could I have agree. stood alone yeah it could have I stood agree. alone yeah pretty good all right uh so why would you, why f- your ratings basically what um i um after reading <laughs> we talked about how the noise was a palate cleanser because I wanted to read anything else. Yeah, <laughs> this really was a palate cleanser after the noise because it was just that book was just so horrible. It was, no offense, it was just horrible. Um, what I liked about this one was, it, it, I, it's nice that we we did this right after the noise because we kept talking about how it's so long. That book was so long. There was so much stuff in it, and it didn't seem to culminate. That's not the culminate. Word. Culminate. That's the word. This is why I can't spell or write. I can't. I can't spell. I can't read. I call the book art. <laughs> what do I call it? Air conditioning. Don't even know. I was going to call it artificial it, conditioning. It, it never amounted to anything, really, in the end. Or and what I like about this one was it was lean. It was me. You know, it's only like what 160 pages, but every word was worth putting into it. You know, they didn't. There wasn't. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any fat on it. And sometimes you want that. But sometimes, like something like this, all they're trying to do is just introduce this world, introduce these characters, introduce this murder bot, and have a really quick action sequence. And I think it really succeeded. With that. I, I always compare it to a movie. I compare it to the movie Gravity. 93 minutes. You learn just enough about the characters to get invested, but not too much that it that it's pilot. It's bringing down the action. It's lean. It's quick. It's exciting. You keep turning the page. You keep wanting to know what happens. Um, and I, I loved that movie. So um, uh, I would I would love to see this as a movie too. This series mm-hmm. or a TV series because I think the visuals would really, really they did a good job of setting the the visuals of of the, the characters and the murder bot and and so um, but yeah that's why I liked it. So. Yeah. So why I liked it? Well, first, uh, I'm very much so a character person, and to me, Murderbot is Angelique. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, everything coming out of Murderbot's mouth is something that would come out of Angelique. She's no longer the Red Tiger. <laughs> the red Tiger crown is gone. You are now Murderbot. Murderbot. <laughs> well, I mean, I just I love the fact that. It, it does its job, but since it's hacked its own, like, governor module, it decides really what it 
wants to be doing in that moment. So if it rather be watching a bunch of like soapy TV instead of listening to what's happening in a meeting. (laughs) Yeah. I can definitely be like Angelique. I can see Angelique being like, oh, they're talking about collection development. That's not really my area. So let's rewatch in my brain the latest episode of whatever movie. I did totally relate to that because I go to a lot of meetings. There's so many times where I'm toned out. I would love to be able to just like, Push a button, Golden Girls. Yes! <laughs> yes. That would be awesome. I'm like, God, this guy's the life. And then the other thing, like when um, a human would say something stupid and Murderbot would be like, I need to be behind my shield because I'm having this, like, what are you talking about? Like, I could just feel Angelique, like, giving me a look from across the room. When someone, someone... someone told me one time that the one, one of the big positives about the mask is because I, like, cannot hide my expressions. And I remember one time we were meeting someone said, you need to put your mask back up because we were, like, eating something. I was like, oh, is it, you know, am I too close to you or whatever? And she's like, no, I can see your facial expressions. <laughs> Someone was saying something. I was like, I was just making this. I just could not hold it. So it's kind of like that. Yeah, he can put on his 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 mask and then he can make his face. So I I did. I loved, I loved his little world that he had in his little suit. It just that was perfect. Yeah. Um. And so other things I really loved. Um. I am a big fan of exploring what does it mean to be human. And so the most human character in this novella was a a robot essentially. Right. Or um, I just, I loved that the people almost were robotic in their nature. Like they blended together. Like the other characters, I get confused almost as if they were not individuals themselves, but part of a collective. And I thought that was really beautiful. And him learning to um, start to see why connections with other people is important oh I love that stuff like I like diving into that kind of meaty stuff but it was also a novella so they didn't really they weren't super heavy focused on it it was like going to the next plot point and I will say the uh, there is one other character I really loved in this book and that was Dr. Mensa yes I thought she was fantastic what a powerhouse cool cucumber this is what they wanted Dr. Chan to be in the noise (laughs) but this was written by a woman who clearly knows how to write complex female characters and I was like this is what they it, all those pages in the noise they tried to establish Dr. Chan and it came off as such you know and I was like in like 160 pages they did what they couldn't do in 400 yeah. I know it was she was fantastic mm-hmm. I want to be her when I grow yes. up <laughs> like yes. I I would follow her anywhere like I, I'm a big fan of her and in my head who I saw playing Dr. Mensa was um, the actress who played Saul's wife on Homeland. Her name was Sarita Chowdhury. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I just butchered your name, (laughs) Sarita Chowdhury. But I think you're a fantastic actress, and I can definitely see you playing (laughs) this person. And then that character in in Homeland, and that was such a good – I mean, it was, you know, kind of a side character, but every time she popped up, you were were like, oh, Mira's here. Oh, cool. You know, Mm because she was so good. She had that mix of, like – there was a soft side, but she also didn't take your crap. Yes. You know, like, and maybe that's, uh, if that's not the actress's persona, she knows how to play that kind of role. But there were times where, you know, because of Saul, anyone who's watched Homeland knows, you know, Saul's story. But there were times where she she finally hit the point. She was like, uh-uh. She put her foot down, and that's kind of, yeah, I, I like that. That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. So I liked this book because of the themes, because of, um, the murder bot is Angelique and she's my bestie. Like, how could I not <laughs> love that? So, 
those are probably my primary reasons for four stars. Nice. That's good. What about you, Murderbot? <laughs> well, I like the characters, uh, especially Murderbot. Um, I like the world building that happens in this book. I mean, you don't get a lot of it, but what you do get is so interesting to me because you s- you start seeing glimpse of this wor- of this universe really, where everything is run, or it seems like everything is run by corporations, or and then there's like a group outside of corporations, and it's just it's so interesting to me, and like it's hard to explain why I like it so much. I think it's mostly the characters and Murderbot because Murderbot is like everything in the book. You get everything through Murderbot's point of view, mm-hmm. and I just like Murderbot's point of view. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> it's it's honest, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just there's just a, it's there's no. Mo- he starts to have emotion, particularly towards Mensa. We start mm-hmm. to see that emotion. Um, but particularly like the first half of the book, it's like the no filter thing. It's just <laughs> good or bad. I like yeah. this person. I don't like this person. Here's why. And it's just that brutal honesty is is kind of nice. that Because in so many cases with, with narrators, it's like, well, because I'm human, I'm trying to find the – and he's just like, I'm not human. I don't care. That person's an idiot. You know, like they, they don't that, – and I like that, yeah. And it's – so one of my favorite parts of the series in whole is how Murderbot progresses in each book towards someone else. Like at the beginning of this book, Murderbot's just like, these are my clients. I have to help them. I'm obligated. They're contractual obligations. And by the end of the book, it's like, oh, I love them. They're mm-hmm. great. These are my humans. He uses that phrase. It uses that phrase a lot. My humans. Yeah. So, and I'm always, I also like how he differentiates like humans and an augmented humans. And it's just something weird about that to me. Like, augmented humans are a separate kind of human. It's a murder bot. Mm-hmm. So. Hmm. All right. So I don't really explain well why I like it, but I do like it. Maybe it's because I've read all the other books, and I can't really explain why I like this book without explaining any of the other books. Right. So. So she should read the whole series to get it. <laughs> um. So we talked. Okay. So favorite characters. You said that. Kendall said that Murderbot and Mensa were your favorite characters. Yep, 100%. Yeah, I, mine too. Me too, yeah. I love Mensa. Mm-hmm. I also love, and it's, like I said, probably because I read the rest of the series, I also love Rati, because he's kind of like this happy-go-lucky, he seems like a happy-go-lucky character to me. He's uh, kind of an optimist and positive, but you get more of that in, like, later books. Um, did y'all have a least favorite character? It felt like for me, Murderbot and Mensa were so standouts, mm-hmm. and I, and Rati, I remember the the other ones kind of like you said, they kind of all blended together. So it wasn't really a love hate thing. It was that I didn't get, I didn't know them enough to love or hate them. Yeah, I could tell. Part of me could follow the cues because Murderbot didn't like Doctor Garothan. Thank you, um, and because he was an augmented human mm-hmm. and he was suspicious of. Murderbot. And so, like, I was like, this is way too short for this to be a red herring. Like, maybe I should pay attention. So I kind of wasn't feeling the doctor. But I always love it when it's just, like, I don't know, a red herring. And it's like a flip. And, oh, wait, this character actually was looking out for the best interests of everybody. So I didn't have a character, per se, that I'd poo-poo. I don't know enough about the other characters to do that. Which I guess I think I'd was like done on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they. 
because as, as if if what you say is true that Murderbot just beca- every book becomes more and more human. So in this first book, he's not human enough. I don't think human is the right word. I think more and more a person gotcha. is the right word. Gotcha. Because mm. Murderbot doesn't want to be human. Oh yeah, especially yeah. after reading the second true. book, yeah, I true. can I can get that. But so the whole purpose of this is that you're not going to get to know these characters in this yeah. first book because it's the first phase of that kind of transformation for him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like yeah, that that it makes me want to read the rest of them to figure out more about those characters to to decide if I liked them or not. Yeah, yeah. It was it was definitely an, uh, a tight read. Like mm-hmm. it, there wasn't any extraneous bits, and yeah. I really appreciated yeah. that, particularly after the last book <laughs> we read. So, um, so you're this, like when you said on oh, the doctor, and you realize it's like so he didn't become an evil scientist. <laughs> yeah. Remember that one guy like oh, randomly an evil it. scientist. You're like, I still really? hate it. It still makes me mad. <laughs> So um, it was definitely a better trajectory for that yeah. character, the, the the one kind of bad guy character. Yeah, the so. plot progressed really well, yes. I think, for yeah. this book. Agreed. Probably because, might be because it was so short, but she writes a longer book later in the series that still progresses just as well. So I think she's just a better writer. Um, Agree. Favorite moment in the book? Favorite moment or quote? Like something that stands out to you every time you think of the book? It, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something about it's whenever I guess when uh, Murderbot says goodbye to Mensa or something like you're my favorite when he says you're my yeah. favorite human or that Aww. ending yeah I, I that that was my reaction was aw because it was just it was it was more genuine than any of the mo- emotions in the noise you know what I mean all those humans all those you know the the people getting trampled you were supposed to have this human reaction and that one line was was the, the was better than all that so I'll read it so oh yeah thank talking about. you so spoilers um. <laughs> That's why I left you, Dr. Mensa, my favorite human. By the time you get this, I'll be leaving Corporation Rim. Out of inventory and out of sight. Murderbot and message. It, it, and it was so simple, but it was like, you're like, oh no, I hope they get back together again as friends. I know, it was, I, I think I'm going to agree with you on that. That was like the most little beautiful part of the book. And then it was followed quite very much so by my like, well, why didn't he stay? <laughs> it's like because he hasn't gotten there yet. Kendall. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. I I imagine like the last um frame of the movie is like he's on a train station and they're playing closing time. <laughs> <laughs> black. You know, like screen goes black. <laughs> but that funny. was that was I mean I love the whole book, but that one really it, that poignant note right at the end is is I, I didn't I haven't read the second one, but I was like, okay, I'm in. I'm in for this series, and I do want to complete it because, you know, I mean, I liked it, and and but that was the moment where it's like there is so much more to tell here. Yeah, there's so much more there story is. to explore. You come for the action, and you stay for the relationships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was, I think, the only thing I didn't like about the book was that it because it was. I mean, it did it. It served its purpose, but it left such a like. It purposely left it so inconclusive because obviously it's a series, right? Yeah. But is if if I never went through the rest of it, I was kind of like, dang it, I want more. Like that was probably yeah. it. I, as much as I love the fact that it was lean, that it wasn't six hundred pages of crap. There's also part of me that was like, man, I'm done. I hate that. I wish it was. I wish there was more. So the, I guess that's really not a negative. Actually, no, it's, it's not. A, it's not a negative because there is more. There is more. Right. <laughs> right. True. Um, so mine is kind of like a toss up. So I love the beginning of the book when Murderbot rescues Birdwage and Valescu. Like he, he, it's just like probably watching a series or something and then it gets that alert and it just goes in and it rescues them. It pulls Birdwage out of this creature's mouth 
And then the whole time it's going, getting out of the crater or whatever, it doesn't even realize it's comforting Valescu. And I just, I, uh, I like that. Yeah. That is a beautiful And it wasn't, moment. it wasn't, you know how in like movies there's a character who's scared and everybody's yelling at them to just move, move, move kind of thing. And it didn't happen in this book. Murderbot mm-hmm. was just always like gentle and nice to Valescu in this process. He didn't like blame Valescu for being scared. I just appreciated that about this book. And, and, and I liked where he's like, it, when he's like talking to himself about it, it's like, oh, I need to be nice to this person. Like, yeah. because yeah. he's not, not human. So it's like, but that's kind of that journey towards a person. I like that better person. Um, he, you know, but it's almost like he's, he's a better human than most humans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he yes. turned off his governor, but he still tries to self-regulate and modulate right. far better than I think even yeah. humans do. And yeah. so I, that I do really love about the character. Um, and then there's this other scene. It's uh, about halfway through the book. It's where um, they're trying to determine if Murderbot is really what he, what they've discovered. Like if he really, if he isn't data mining them and just covering it up with the, like the series that he that it watches. So um, Rati mentions some character in his favorite in its favorite series, Sanctuary Moon, <laughs> <laughs> and um, he said, and Rati says something about the character killing someone else and then M- Murderbot was like that's a lie that didn't happen <laughs> and like yeah he's watching it he's watching yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah that was this, there's I just love the whole book though so it's hard to pick <laughs> I do love Murderbot's uh fascination and love of Sanctuary Moon yeah like that that is something that really stands out for me too throughout the rest of the series you come to realize that it's it's like comfort series like, Andrew goes home and watches Golden Girls. Murderbot goes to its cubicle and watches um, Sanctuary Moon. Yeah. We talked about that, yeah. how, you know, something like the noise, we didn't get it. But for some people, it's just, it yeah. is that comfort food. It doesn't have to be good. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. So it, it, which is also makes it even, that's why I love that character. Like, even even the bot, who's not supposed to have feelings, has to have, like, its own comfort for has to have that like mm-hmm. I need to go home and, and decompress and not be with other people and jet out to a different world yeah and that, that means, is so relatable yeah and that maintains in the second book like when he it sorry it becomes fatigued exhausted goes through a bunch of work and needs to like uh, recharge watches sanctuary moon <laughs> yeah <laughs> Love it. So, so in my head, Sanctuary Moon for um, like this universe is like Grey's Anatomy. It's just a series that just keeps going and it gets kind of more ridiculous. I've never seen Grey's Anatomy, but I hear That's you two accurate. talk about it. <laughs> I hear Endlessly. you two talk about it. <laughs> I love Grey's Anatomy. Addison came back. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my God, she met the children. I cried oh God, so, I hard. so hard. I, I, <laughs> I cried harder than Addison when she in that said, scene. When she was like, your dad, your, your dad called me Addie. I was, like, <laughs> I was like a bubbling buffoon. Anyway, sorry. We yeah. went off on Okay. Spoiler alert for Grey's Anatomy. So this kind of this kind of um, gets into the next question a little bit. So if you were making a movie or a TV series of this book, who would you pa- cast? You already s- said yours for men. So who would you cast for like Murderbot? It could be anybody, honestly, male, female, non-binary. I know because it all gets all mixied up. Yeah. Um, mixied up. That's real <laughs> clear. <laughs> um, who I I I have to think about this for a minute because I I really associate Murderbot with you, Angelique. So <laughs> Ryan Gosling, I can't act. I would put Ooh. Ryan Gosling because he obviously I mean he's done comedies. He's done, but did you ever see First Man where he plays Neil Armstrong? You know, Neil Armstrong after his daughter died was very 
he kind of like reserved. He, he kind of shut down, but there was just enough there that you knew why. Um, and, and a lot of people thought, oh, he's boring or whatever. It's like, no, he's playing a character who he was so focused on the mission to go to the moon, whatever. And then you keep getting these flashbacks. His wife is Claire Foy from The Crown. Uh, you keep getting these flashbacks. And, and, but the, his ability to shut down the emotion, but then show those. But we know he's capable of showing sparks. I would do Ryan Gosling. That's genius because he kind of does. I haven't seen for, what did you say first, first man. man. It's a good movie, but I way. did watch Drive, and he's very Drive, focused yes. in Drive. Yes, and I don't know why, but Murderbot is blonde in my head. Don't ask me why. Um, no clue. But Ryan Gosling, that's a solid. That's a solid. And like in Drive, like so choice. in Drive, there's quiet moments, and then there's like the creature comes out. There's there's Christina Hendricks all of a sudden gets shot in you know, that character, and then you're like whoa, and there's those. But he never, like yeah. he just keeps driving. Yeah. Yeah, I love Drive too. That's a great movie. Both those movies you should watch, and we have them at the library. No, I don't think we have Drive. We but then drive. someone, I feel like they're also, uh, I feel like a comedian could also play it, uh, Murderbot, because he's got such a um, obvious irritation. I finally thought of somebody for Murderbot. Who played um, Cheaty in Good Place? <gasps> William, William Jackson, Jackson Harper. Harper. Oh, I love Oh, that'd it. be good. You know, yeah. a younger Bill Murray would be good too. <laughs> No, no, think about Lost in Translation, where he had the oh, humor, but to. then he was able to say, you don't want to? I did not like Lost oh, in Translation. That movie. <laughs> the end, come on. Okay, but the rest of the movie was good. Um, yeah, okay. But All that, right. But that, like, where anyway, he was funny, but he also had like... The, he was the dry. Dry, yeah, yeah, dry. yeah. A younger Bill Murray. But yeah, Cheaty would be great. Sorry, William Jackson Harper, not yeah. Cheaty. Because of the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. But he's also because he was in uh, Barry Jenkins' Underground Railroad. He he can do drama too. Yeah, so oh, I, I believe it. Yeah, so I th- I think that that he would that would be good. Yeah. What about Mensa? Who would you? S- I, I'm with you. I love Mira. I think that that character and and I think that she has that actress has the ability to to portray the strength and and but also the soft. Yes. Um, Rag Dashlu also would be very good. I don't know who that is. She was in House of Sand and Fog. She was in um. She was in that series, The Expanse. She's an Iranian-American actress. Oh. You probably would recognize her if you saw her. But she has the same thing. She, I've seen her ability to to, um, to be really, really strong and really, really, you know, like a forceful character, but also have a soft side. I just, I just like her as an actress, too. So. Okay, so this is kind of influenced by Martha Wells herself because she said that Sanctuary Moon was based on, what was it, How to Get Away with Murder. And I immediately thought of, like, Viola Davis. Viola as Minsa. Davis. Talk about another powerhouse. Yeah. God, I would watch her read the phone book. She is one of those. I just, that would be, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, for artificial condition, the voice for art, for some reason, I think of Charlize Theron. <laughs> okay, so for me, for art, um, by the way, I loved art. Art's good. Pretty sure that if you're a murder bot, I'm art. Because who <laughs> else is going to show up and be super annoying and ask you questions and not leave you alone? <laughs> That's going to be me. Um, so uh, for art, it's somebody annoying. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Um, Michael Sheen. He's not annoying, but he has that ability. Or David Tennant, like the mm-hmm. – especially after watching Staged, how they pick on each other. Oh, yeah, no, okay. I yeah, yeah, I can see I can, I can, I can see, see either of them. And actually now I'm leaning more towards David Tennant. Sorry, Michael Sheen. But, like, um, <laughs> just kind of, like, a little annoying. Mm-hmm. A little know-it-all. A little bit know-it-all. But see, now I'm going back to Michael Sheen because yeah. he does that, and he has the ability to keep his um, 
voice like a little bit more even whereas david Tennant kind of has a more squeaky See, quality all i can think of is air conditioning and an annoying air conditioning and i don't think it was mr <laughs> jenkins or mr jenkins from the commercial <laughs> you haven't even read the hi book. bobby like that's all i'm thinking of now is mr jenkins but art is a machine so you don't know that but art is art is um i don't even know how to describe art Art is art is artificial. Well, we could we could describe art by like not using the acronym, but I don't want to say that one. Yeah, I know. So if you want to know what art stands for, you got to read the book. Yeah. Okay. We'll tell I'll tell you after the podcast. The yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's um anyway, but yeah. I think you'd like art, honestly. Why? Because I'm annoying. Yes. <laughs> you would also be a solid art. Really? You show up. You ask Done. questions. Done. I don't know, but you walk away. I stay. I don't pick up on the cue that people want me to go away, where neither did I'm Art. Sorry, you're not better that. I just moved this mic. Okay, I'm back. It's I'm fine. Back. Don't even worry. It's not that loud. You sure? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Okay. Be a pain. You don't leave? I don't, I don't feel like that's the case. Why do you think Angelique and I are friends? Because you just wouldn't leave her alone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she just kind of got used you're to Dr. me. You're Dr. Mensa. You're Art, and he's, or she's Murderbot. Is that? Yeah. I think, I mean, you know the characters better throughout the rest of the series, so we could characterize me differently later. But I was reading this, and I was like, huh, Art doesn't know when to, like, bug off. (laughs) 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 I was like, I do that. By the way, I also like Charlize Theron in anything. So apparently she's really, like, the most difficult person to work with. And I'm like, eh, you're Charlize Theron. She does have a lovely voice, and that would be lovely. Like, you know how Sigourney Weaver's always in the Finding Nemo and Finding Dory? So Sigourney Weaver could do it, too. I love her, too. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like Charlize. That's a solid choice. I don't even know the character. I just just like Charlize Theron. (laughs) You would like the character. She's just not annoying. I don't think of Charlize as, like, a pest. Well, I think more like... So... You care if we talk about? No, go for it. Okay, so art is this artificial intelligence. It's a ship, basically, mm-hmm. in the ship with the voice. And I would think that if you're going to create this artificial intelligence, you would make the voice pleasant. Oh yeah. So I think of like Siri, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> or like the Google Assistant, or that nice, pleasant, like female voice. And I Didn't just Charlie there and play a character like that, or did she, I mean do a voice like that for? I thought something? that was Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Like her, not her. Was it her? Yeah. Her, yes. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure that's eh. what you're thinking of. Okay. It's weird. Let's see. I don't know see. why Keith <laughs> Really? Oh, he's good in the, what is it, the brothers? No, the sisters brothers. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. A movie. I hated Joker. I have not seen Joker. I hated it. I just, I hated that whole movie. I mean, he's uh, he's a good actor, so like him winning an Oscar doesn't bother me in terms of I know he's a good actor. But anyway, I'm sorry, we went off on that. <laughs> Her, yes, that's what I was thinking of. But that was Scarlett Johansson, not Charlize Theron. Okay. <laughs> Does that change your opinion? Does it need to go no longer Charlize? It needs to go to no, Scarlett. I'm, st- I'm still going with Charlize. I mean, I like ScarJo. She's cool, but I- I'm going Charlize. Yeah. You might change your mind if you read the book. You might be like, no, that's more of a someone else. I don't know actors. The other one I thought about was Amy Poehler. Yeah, sometimes Amy Poehler like like uh, happiness. <laughs> no, the ha- in up, not up. In uh, Inside Out, she played like Joy, Joy, and she was just kind of like all the time. We talked about like that kind of buzzing mm-hmm. all the time. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, and and it's a voice over. So I was like, oh, maybe Amy Poehler. I can see that now because when you first said, it, I was like, Meh. but now I can kind of see it. Remember, I did not read the book, so I'm just yeah. going off of your yeah. characterizations. But I could kind of see that. Yeah. Okay. If you could hear all systems read from another person's point of view, who would you choose? You go first because I don't think I understand the question. Like if it was from, if you could get like another point of view in the book, like there's some from oh, another in the scene. Book. Yeah. 
thought you were asking, like, if we could go and get, like, Mr. Bill's opinion at the front desk of the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, other point of view. I want the doctor, the red herring doctor. Garothan? Thank you. Oh, the I really c- suspicious one? Yeah, I want to yeah. call him Dr. Guanine. <laughs> you know, Guanine. It's a... Oh, it's a, from, from, from biology. Yeah, from bi- it's a part of the double helix. Yeah, matches yeah. up with was it si- is it cytosine? I don't know. <laughs> that could be completely incorrect. It's been fifteen years <laughs> since you took high school biology. Um. Okay. So yeah. No. I want. I want. I want to see the parts of him where he's becoming suspicious and starting to behave in a way that would make Murderbot suspicious. I don't want to. I don't think I want the like the internal world, but if it were a movie, I want to see him like recognizing that Murderbot did something weird and then going and typing on his little computer <laughs> or whatever. But from a book perspective, I don't think I'd want to. I think the only the only reason it works is because it is Murderbot's perspective. Yeah. I think the rest of them it wouldn't be it. it because they're not seeing anything with Murderbot. All they're seeing is like him being a, a robot. Yeah. So I feel like you wouldn't get all those interesting little characterizations that you get from his perspective. I just thought of something that happened in the book. There's that scene where they're like in the, I guess a meeting room or something and Murderbot's about to leave and Mintz is like, you can stay if you want. Yeah. You can hang out with us. And Murderbot's not wearing his like face shield. And I guess it makes an expression and she's like, um, you don't have to. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. That's just, so. it, 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 Mensa, I love Mintz as a character, but, and maybe maybe her because she's the one that obviously is that connects with Murderbot. So maybe to see how she her re, her feelings about how that connects as they're building that kind of friendship. If if you I'm doing air quotes like they're gonna be able to see me <laughs> do air quotes. So anyway, which who was the character that was kind of sticking up for Murderbot when um, they were becoming suspicious of Murderbot? Was it Rossi? Yeah, I I think that one I could also see and that's for the one you perspective said that, like, of later on becomes more like you get yeah you, you know, get more of an understanding okay. of his character later on. because if Rati can see the humanity in Murderbot it would mm-hmm. be interesting to see what that looks like from an outsider's point of view not Murderbot yeah, yeah. so I would like yeah Mincer or Rati for me or like maybe like a short scene from like the antagonist point of view because their understanding of sec units has always been like they're always under control of someone else mm-hmm. and this is a sec unit that's not and and then there's like that whole like um cultural or pop cultural understanding that a rogue sec unit is just i don't want to say evil but just out of control and will kill everybody mm-hmm. and that's what murderbot is it's a rogue sec unit basically but it's not out of control and it's not going to kill anybody it's in control and i want to get like a uh, some like an antagonist point of view of that mm-hmm. I think that would be interesting. All right. One, two more questions. How well do you think the author built the world in this book? How did you like the world building? Okay, so here's where I struggled. This is not my jam. Mm -hmm. Like world building, sci-fi. It takes a lot. It takes a lot for me to be able to visualize what's happening. And so I kind of struggled because it's such a lean narrative that actually – in some ways it helped because then I could be like, I don't understand what's happening. I can just turn the page and then I can get back on track. But then the other part of me was like, I can't grasp the visual of what's happening. 
So, um, for example, this is more in um, air conditioning, artificial <laughs> condition. Um, they talk about transport rings, and I had a hard time figuring out when they were traveling on the planet or in space. Um, like, when they were talking about the transport ring, I didn't know if that was hovering above the planet and only mining stuff is happening on the planet, or if it's, like, I don't know. Like, I didn't know if it was, like, in Cowboy Bebop where they got that there's like a big ring that just kind of hovers in space and like there's like things can dock on it I get really lost in that I need I need like a I need a glossary in the back with pictures <laughs> so so what you're saying is if, if this were a picture book I could be there so I don't know I just I really struggle with that and I, I either need like really really um, good descriptions of what it is and because this is the kind of book where it just drops you into the world right. and it is completely new and it doesn't talk down to the readers. Like I'm sure a lot of readers are like, why do we need extra descriptions of something that we clearly understand? But since this isn't my forte, yeah, I, I struggled with that a little bit. And so some of the, some of the jumps didn't make sense to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I just kind of pictured it on earth with weird stuff, honestly. <laughs> Fair enough. Sorry. I will say I, I built a picture of it by mind that did not come from the page. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I don't know if Martha Wells cared enough to do that. And what I mean by that is that she was so focused on the character, the main character, that it's like let people picture in their mind what it looks like. I don't have to go. I don't have to go into descript detail. Maybe that was done on purpose. Well, I think. Maybe part of it was on purpose because Murderbot's understanding of the world is so limited. Because how it gets around, it's put in a cargo box, basically, and it goes from place to place. Uh. That's how it gets to its contract. It'll go from one cargo box to another, and then it'll, it'll end up on a planet somehow. And then that, and so its understanding of the world is so limited. And, and also, I think Wells relies on her readers being like science fiction fans. And so science fiction fans kind of have, like, uh, they see, like, a lot of, like, media and read a lot of books that have, like, an understanding of, like, space colonies kind of thing. And I think that's part of it. Like, there, I can think of a lot of, like, um, TV shows and animes and movies that have kind of, like, a transport ring kind of thing. So she might be relying on that a lot. I kind of envisioned, like, a some of the world i think i think for mine because i'm not a big sci-fi person but i have seen on star wars <clears throat> some of the planets that's that's kind of mm. how i'm thinking like or the ships how the ships look they're very like george lucasy in my mind <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. yeah um so that that's again you're right you're pulling from similar works in the genre yeah, and yeah. yeah that's, I think that's what you're that. so the people who do anime are, are seeing an, you know anime they're seeing it differently than i am the fact that you uh, brought up the idea that it's how Murderbot perceives the world and he doesn't have the context because he travels in a box. Mm-hmm. So he's not seeing all that other information and he's really kept on a need to know basis. Mm-hmm. I can accept that a lot. Yeah. Like when in the, you know, in the first bo- uh, book where he would like power down and we wouldn't know what was happening. I was completely okay with that because it made sense. It was yeah. from his perspective. So yeah. I appreciate that. I can appreciate more and so maybe i mean I, like I, said, I haven't read um artificial conditioning <laughs> I, it, it, it took a you lot said to it re- sort of right i did it's, it's artificial, artificial condition. condition okay so no, it is there right 
<laughs> like like those old people, you know, the, the Facebook. It's like it's not. The, it's, it's cleaner. Not, it's cleaner. Remember, it's cleaner. Not, it's not even the Facebook no, anymore. No, what is it now? Hub or dumb? Uh, dumb. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Evil. Meta. Meta. Oh, <laughs> that's that's just terrible. Oh, whatever. Meta. No, it's meta. It's a joke. It's meta. Because it's, it's meta. It's not funny. It's well, tell that to Mark Zuckerberg. Bug. Zuckerberg. <laughs> Come on, you Zuckerberg. Maybe we shouldn't do a podcast. None of us can pronounce things correctly. <laughs> I am so sorry. We're talking about guanine and or whatever. <laughs> Zuckerberg. And anyway. No, but um, maybe as, as he, his character becomes more of a person, then you'll start to see. I, I don't know this for certain. Maybe do you see more of the... I think building. there are a few more like descriptions as you go along. Yeah. Like uh, I'm on like the fourth book on the audiobooks right now, and I think Wells starts to describe what she what Murderbot is seeing more. Like he's it's on like this um, trans. I don't know if it's a transport ring or if it's just a port like port free commerce kind of thing, and it's ju- it's kind of like she describes that more. Um. Okay. So sorry, I had to stretch. Mm. Apparently, made a weird noise. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, something hurts back there. So if it's like whimpering, that's all. So for people who like this book, what would you recommend for them? Like, like we did for the noise, if right? So I don't have a very strong sci-fi base. I think the only other sci-fi book I can remember reading was The Martian mm-hmm. by Andy Weir, which this does not feel like The Martian, but all, I mean, The Martian was very good. I yeah. liked that. Um, I will say when I was rating my stuff on Goodreads, um, Octavia Butler's books came up. And so mm-hmm. I started reading descriptions of her stuff, which I would never have done before because I don't look into sci-fi. And I started adding some of her books to my to-read list. She's one that really recently has people have gone back and discovered. So she's 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 very yeah she's kind of powerful. Legendary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think any of those, whether it's sci-fi or fantasy, any of those world building. If you're interested in 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 starting from nothing and and building something completely different. Now I don't really know which one to recommend, but. What was, there was one I was going to read at one point. I have good reviews. Kevin J. Anderson. There's like a sci-fi one where he, it's like a series. But those books are like four inches thick. So I probably would not be a good recommendation now that I'm realizing that. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm not going to recommend anything because I don't know enough to recommend. I would suggest going to Goodreads. Or Novelist. Or Novelist, yes. And and plugging it in and picking something that, that is similar. But you, you. Yeah, I have I have something. Good. Good. So it's actually <laughs> it's actually a short story, and it's from a book called Made to Order, which we have. It's okay. called Made to Order: Robots and Revolution, and the story is called A Guide for Working Breeds by and I'm I'm afraid I'm going to mispronounce her name by Vina Jimin Prasad, and she's a Singaporean author, and the base the it's the short story itself is a is a is in like a sort of like a chat format, and um it's about a it's about these robots basically that are set free and it's a really good story it's really funny i think if you like the Murderbot diaries you have a good chance of liking this and also there's a series that i have not read by ann lecky and the first in the series is called um ancillary justice and i see a lot of people who like Murderbot have also read this and they like it a lot so 
I'm glad I didn't have to pronounce any of that because it would come out. What was the na- author's name again? Vina Jimin Prasad. See, I'm so Southern. Vina Jamin Jamin Prasad, you know, or whatever. It would not have. And then Ancillary, I would have totally mispronounced that. It would have been, I don't even know what, artillery or something. Anyway. Yeah, it's good to know. I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing that out that I would have mispronounced all of those. All right. Is there anything else we want to? I think I just want to say it was really exciting to read some of your favorite series Angelique and kind of I don't know jump into your world a little bit <laughs> I liked it good I'm glad you liked it you could rename the pot like diving into Angelique's psyche <laughs> <laughs> let's not do that you just read the murder bot series I think yeah. you're yeah, you're, good. You're, you're, you're good and our next book is is Christmas yeah, right. it's gonna be a holiday book. Even if it's bad, I'm gonna love it. I know, me too. I'm so excited. It's gonna be like a Hallmark movie. I'm yeah. gonna come in and I'm gonna be wearing like a robe and like fuzzy <laughs> socks. I cannot wait. To, I'm so excited I, about I'm it. Such a, uh, like so, this weekend's Halloween, and I'm like, and a, a, a good dear friend of ours is getting married, a uh, uh, library employee, and I'm like, okay, so Halloween's on a Sunday. I have to work on Monday. You know what? I'll put up the frame of the tree. <laughs> And then throughout the week, I'll, like on Tuesday, I'll decorate it so I'm not too far behind. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm a crazy who puts up my Christmas tree. I literally just shared on Facebook. Someone put like one of those things. It's like, it's already the end of October, so Mariah Carey is defrosting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. I mean, there's a reason we put out our holiday books November 1st. Yeah, because people, people are waiting. You, They've been I have, asking. I've rolled up on like, how I've worked a Halloween night at, like till nine, and I've been rolling up books. And, and there was this lady who literally was like, picking them off of them before I could get them into the office to like scan them in. So people, people are ready. They hit the ground running. It is one of our most popular collections this mm-hmm. holiday and it only sits out two, two months a year. Yep. Oh, I'm so excited to read <laughs> this book. Okay. Well, for the um, listeners, the next book is the Santa suit by Mary Kay Andrews. It's another kind of short book and it's actually set in North Carolina. So if you want to read a holiday book set in your state, she is very popular. Yeah, uh, Treat author. My mom really likes her. Um, Cause I think that they're breezy books but there's enough th- th- there's still good characters I, I think we're gonna like it i really do all I hope, right hope so um before we go uh, a shameless plug for one of our e-resources hoopla i was able to download the first four novellas of the murderbot diary series as audiobooks to my phone through the hoopla app and then listen to them anytime i wanted including in my car using bluetooth you can find the hoopla app in your phone's app store both android and iphone once you've downloaded the app, you'll search for the Gaston County Public Library and then enter your library card number. And that's going to give you access to thousands of digital items, including ebooks, audiobooks, streaming music, and movies. All right, folks, that's it for our second episode of We're Booked Up, Murderbot Edition. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope it made you think, and we hope it has encouraged you to maybe try out the Murderbot Diary series, which is available at the library both in print and in digital through the NC Digital Library and Hoopla as both ebooks and audiobooks. Let us know what you think of this episode and what you think of the Murderbot Diaries. And check us out at Off the Shelf, the official Gaston County Public Library blog at gastonlibrary.blogspot.com. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Andrew and Kendall, for joining me in this podcast again. Thank you, Angelique. Yes, thanks. It's always fun. I had fun. Did you have fun? Very much so. Good. For the audience, Andrew just gave a thumbs up. This is up. like the lady who called the library, and she's like, my picture's on file. I'm like, you're on the phone, ma'am. <laughs> so, sorry. Yeah. Thumbs up. All right. Bye. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye.